in drifting snow and icy winds. You ready, folks? Then let's begin! Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. My name is Kirsten Cable and I'm here to take you through a show in our new Q&A series today, which means I'm going to be answering a listener question and it's a very special and interesting question too. So we've got a lot to be digging into today and before I get started, of course, let me give a shout out to today's sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you with support from Speechling. Speechling, if you haven't tried it yet, is a website that you can find at www.speechling.com. <laughs> it's quite obvious. Uh, so speechling.com, it's a website or it's an app that you can download on your Android, on your iPad, on your iPhone. I was going to say iPod. If you have an iPod, welcome to 2018. So Speechling, let me get to it. It makes it easy for you to practice and improve your speaking skills. With their system, you can build your speaking confidence and improve your accent, and it's available in six languages. Using Speechling, you select what you want to talk about from this big sort of interest tree. It looks really cool. You hear it spoken by a real person. You can always choose whether you want a male or a female vocal, or why not listen to both? And then you can record yourself saying the same thing and get feedback from a certified coach, and that comes 24-7. It's currently out in, like I said, six languages, and Speechling is on all the apps and even your iPod. So if you want to support The Fluent Show, go to speechling.com, where you can get feedback for your first sentences immediately, forever free, and up to 35 feedback sessions a month. If you ever want to get serious and take a few more sessions in any month, try Speechlink's unlimited plan, which gives you unlimited languages. So you can practice all six languages and go from any into any. It's a true polyglot package. And you can get unlimited feedback sessions too. This plan is available to listeners of our show at a lifetime 10% discount using the code FLUENT. So that's speechlink.com. Try it for free and then use Fluent for a 10% discount. Moving on from the sponsor, let's get into today's show. And the topic for today's show is hearing comprehension or listening comprehension, as some people might say. And it's a question from our wonderful listener, Elizabeth, who was asking me this. How do you fit hearing comprehension into your daily routine? She says the problem that she has is I find myself daydreaming. That's what she says. I find myself daydreaming a lot during my hearing comprehension time. So first of all, I'm going to talk to you about the benefits of hearing comprehension and what that's really about. So the question with hearing or listening, let's refer to it as listening comprehension, um, because if you Google that, you'll find more helpful stuff is the benefits are, you know, thinking about what you're actually training. You're not just training your ear to listen to a new language and sort of comprehend that new language in a, you know, faster, 
um, and more specific way. But what you're really doing is you're training yourself to understand spoken language. And the faster you process that spoken language, the faster in a conversation you will be able to form your reply. So for most independent language learners, people who learn by themselves, hearing comprehension is your first step, really, of bridging the gap between sort of reading that textbook and sitting really in silence, how we often do in study, and moving on to confident and independent language use and really to conversations. And knowing language learners, this is where most of us want to be. You know, we want to have, we want to connect with other people. And you can't do that by yourself. Now, one thing I know about Elizabeth in particular is that she is a French learner. And for French learners, there is a lot to unpack when it comes to listening comprehension because the French language is not quite as say what you see as, for example, the German language would be. There are silent letters. There are liaison, which is when a word ends in an S and then you pronounce that S, but only when the next word starts with vowels. So there's these special pronunciation rules. There are weird silent bits that you, you just can't know from listening. Which brings me to my first point that you should pay attention to if you want to improve your hearing comprehension. And that is something I call the speak and spell connection. Now, for me, as, a, as an experienced German tutor, really, the German language is where this speak and spell connection shows up a lot. And it is to do with knowing when you see a word or knowing when you hear a word, the connection of how it is spelt or how it sounds, respectively. So you s this is really about studying pronunciation and studying the rules of spelling and pronunciation and learning how they, how they go together. Because very, very often, in especially in Romance languages, that's where I know it best, but I can see it in the Celtic language, Welsh too. The more you know about how pronunciation and spelling go together, the easier it becomes to separate words from each other when you hear them which means it aids you in understanding. So your writing practice in any language, you know, your practice of improving your spelling, your practice of thinking about what common letter combinations are and how what sounds they create in your target language, those connections actually help you understand spoken language, even though it doesn't feel that way. And that is because the four core skills, listening, reading, speaking and writing, are all connected. Um, if you want to look into this a little bit more deeply and you want to kind of hear my, or read, really, my thoughts about this, you can check out my book, Fluency Made Achievable. Sort of a short book. You can get it anywhere on Amazon or on my website under fluentlanguage.co.uk slash book. Uh, and Fluency Made Achievable is basically about those four skills, how they are connected and how improving any one of them will raise your game in all of the three others. So you're never really wasting time if you're training one of those core four core skills, listening, speaking, reading, and writing. And the speak and spell connection, to me, is a great example of that. I have um, particularly paid attention, of course, to this in the German language. And I, when I was making my German pronunciation course, I really learned so much more about what I can teach somebody, what I can share with somebody who is learning German, if I don't just focus on pronunciation, but I really focus on the spelling rules and say to them, you know, whenever you see a double 
consonant, that means your vowel is pronounced short and that means your stress falls here and it deciphers from one spelling rule half of the spoken language. And this is very, very common. So in whatever language you're studying, I would go as far as saying start with pronunciation rules. Do not neglect those. And they are in most textbooks, in most dictionaries even, you'll find a, a spelling sort of rundown um, right at the front. It can be a bit intimidating. I mean, I've got this Polish book and it is, you know, that there are five kinds of j and j. But if you do pay attention to those and if you do train yourself to hear the differences, it's going to pay off many, many, many fold. Now, that is the speak and spell connection. So this brings me to the next question. Let's say you've got your speaking and spelling down, you know, you're confident, you know how, you know, you know how when you see a uh, half page of French text, you would know how to pronounce it. Your pronunciation would be very good. So that brings me to the question Elizabeth was asking about in particular, which is that daydreaming problem. So is it really a problem to be daydreaming during your listening sessions? And the answer to that is that it, it can be an issue, not because you're doing something wrong, but you may, mm, for lack of a better word, squander the benefit of what it is that you're trying to do. And the question there is really, what is it that you're trying to do? So there are different levels of listening. And what you don't want to do is set yourself up for failure, failure or disappointment. So before you switch on that input, it's worth focusing on whether you are here for pleasure, to get the gist or to study. So for example, if you are ready for some listening, but you're too tired for study, don't worry about that aspect and just set your expectations differently. Now I mentioned three ways of listening, pleasure, gist and study. So the first one is pleasure listening, um, which is it can be about maybe even understanding very little. Some people consider this immersion listening uh, if you're at an early point or you can do it later on when you are quite advanced in a language. And in this context, I always remember the quote or the, the, the thing that Ron Gullickson from Language Surface said to me when he came to visit this podcast. He talked about listening and he talked about how he was trying to learn Tagalog and he's just listening to the radio in Tagalog. Didn't understand a word of the radio in Tagalog. But what he said was, I want to make myself uncomfortable as <laughs> early as possible. So for him, it was about, for him, it was about becoming more comfortable, becoming more cool with the fact that he can't understand everything in a target language. And this is really, really great for exposure. So that's that could be pleasure listening. And bear in mind, I call it pleasure listening, but for me personally, it's not a huge pleasure if I don't really understand what's going on, except for, ha, oh, this sounds interesting, but it's all this like wall of sound. So if it's just a wall of sound, you're not really doing much good. You need to be able to distinguish, I would say, where a word starts and ends. And ideally, you want to be understanding enough so that it's engaging. So let's talk about the other two types of listening, which I think are more beneficial to language learners who aren't quite at the pleasure level yet. Number one is to get the gist. 
getting the gist, being happy, understanding most. And this is where a lot of people are. TV can be a great practice element for this, where there's a narrative to follow. You don't really have to learn every single word. And it really helps you become more comfortable with not understanding every word, but really extracting what what is happening. So this is sometimes also known as extensive listening, this whole I'm not listening for every single word of the meaning type of thing. So what you can do to help yourself here if you don't quite understand yet is you want to decide if you want scripted or spontaneous dialogue. So with television, for example, you can follow a crime drama. Bear in mind that that is written and it's not always exactly how people talk, but it might be cleaner, more dialect-free language that is easier to to understand, to process. Or you might want to watch something like reality TV. That's that's really where I come where I come in now. I, f- I find reality TV good because people will say shorter sentences. They're not really saying anything fancy <laughs> usually if I'm just watching reality TV. Um, but it does mean that when somebody says something really quickly or they're just making a little dialect remark to each other, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, w- subtitles are usually available with these programs. And that's great. They are absolutely okay. It is okay to use subtitle. However, there are strategies for weaning yourself off them. And uh, my good friend Cara Leopold is an interesting person to consider there. So I'll put a link to her blog in the show notes. She's from Leo Listening and sort of really has focused on helping people watch television without the subtitles because they can be annoying at times. But what you could do if you want to challenge yourself or if you just want to have a chill out is, you know, put those subtitles on. You're still watching something in your target language rather than in your native language. You can also put the subtitles into another high-level language that you speak. So I may want to watch something in Welsh and put the subtitles into German. (laughs) Not that that combination is ever available, but theoretically that, that could work and it will keep me more in contact with the German language, my native language that I don't use very much. Or even in French... So that I've got a Welsh and French connection, but that is about as much, th- then it's not pleasurable anymore. Then it becomes work, if you know what I mean. But my current Welsh experience is that I'm getting to the point where I am good enough to watch television without subtitles. But just like Elizabeth, I find that I am a little bit overloaded. So I can listen for the gist, but I can only do it for up to about 10 minutes. And then, like, my brain is my brain is, is, is done with that level of processing, and I need a little break. So what I've started doing is to watch something, take as much from it as I possibly can, and then rewind and re-watch that particular passage with the subtitles, which, if you do that, you can really feel your brain sort of going... breathing a little sigh of relief. So be aware of your limits. And this is also important for the final type of listening, which is study listening. Study listening is when you've got something that is appropriate for your level. I mean, all your input should be appropriate for your level or ever so slightly harder. 
And you really want to extract 100% of the meaning of the nuance. You want to listen in detail. This is great for any kind of pronunciation training. And this is great for anything that will demand a lot of attention for you in terms of content. Podcasts, I would say, require a little bit more attention than most video content, sort of Netflix, YouTube, etc., because podcasts are created to be to be listened to. So they are created without that visual support. And as such, you as the listener, you've, you've got to pay more attention because the person who was producing it didn't really give you anything to look at. So when you are listening for study, one of the things that you absolutely want is a transcript. And I want to talk you through a way of going about listening really for study. So if you want to really train your listening skill, number one, you've got to know your language's pronunciation rules. If you are unsure or if you haven't quite got to the bottom of exactly why a pronunciation is a certain way, you won't be able to pick up as much as normal of course you can still infer the rules but it's just so much more work so if if i was doing this in order i would start with study the pronunciation rules forvo helps but there's nothing in my mind that beats a very nice comprehensive guide number two determine what your audio input is about so just get a general idea of like i'm listening to YouTube video about cooking or I am watching a reality show where people try and get married or I am watching a crime drama or I am listening to a podcast about politics no matter what it is so you know determine what your audio is about and then I would advise you to make sure you've got some sentence structures and vocab almost pre-trained on that topic so if you know this is a dialogue where people talk about where the museums are, just ask yourself, do I know directions? Do I know names of museums? Do I know what museum means? Do I know words related to that? And you can sort of draw a little mind map that helps you, you know, scrape your mind, <laughs> for lack of a better word, for the vocabulary that is related to this. Now, you're prepped. Number three, listen without reading. Don't read the transcript in the target language. Don't read the trans don't read the translation in your language. Just listen without reading. See what you can get. Make yourself some notes. Stop the audio if it is too long and if you need a little breather. Start again when you're ready. Vary the speeds. Right? So you can listen to material that is slowed down, but it's also really beneficial to speed your material up. So maybe after the first or second time, try and listen a little quicker and see if you still, you know, if maybe you can pick up something new. Repeat this process. So maybe two, three, four times. You really want to get into it. I remember this one time. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Um, I remember when I was learning English, something I did was I listened to the song Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams and I wanted to know what the lyrics are and this is like way before internet and wouldn't have you know they weren't printed in the little CD liner notes so I actually listened to this whole song and I would pause it every 10-20 seconds at the end of a phrase I would write down what I thought he said 
and then listen back to it and then continue and write down what I thought he's he's singing and then go back to it and then try and make sense of what this guy is saying and it's a fantastic listening exercise it really it really helped me you've got to like the song I still like that song so something like that you know listen a little quicker listen a little slower make your notes on what you think the speakers are saying and then when you've done that it's time to enlist the help of a transcript an external one Ideally, you do want that transcript there, but you can also, if you're stuck for one, transcribe the text yourself or summarize it and then read it back to a tutor or share it with your tutor and then discuss it with them. Get them to ask you questions or if you haven't got a person on hand, read a translation of the text and really pay attention not just to what you got right, but pay attention to whether there was something you misunderstood, whether there is a sentence structure that just you you assumed it was it, it meant this, but it actually meant something else. And I tell you this because in my experience, having tutored students, it is very easy when you are not used to close listening, this sort of intensive listening exercise, it's very easy to go with gist, to overestimate your skills and to misunderstand what you're hearing. But in this particular, you know, if we're really in training mode, you want to eradicate any misunderstandings because that is what's going to serve you so much more for the future. This is where you're really paying close attention. So that is really the difference as well between extensive and intensive listening. And I, in my experience, I have worked with a lot of students where I had to transmit the <laughs> bad news to them that they, they had overestimated their skills. So just be aware of that. Of course, that doesn't mean you are a bad language learner at all. But what it means is there is so much more that you can get from this text, like squeeze from this text, and you really want to do it, right? You want to get the most out of it that you possibly can. So to sum it up, we've got listening for pleasure or entertainment, and that is where you're okay to just daydream. You know, that's a, you know, that's just sort of training your brain to process a bit of the language almost in the background to just kind of have it have it running this for me is how i mostly correspond to the french language because i understand french to 80 percent when it is around me uh, but it really helps me to kick my brain into you know come on come on listen to some more french listen to some more french and just kind of sort of keep it going but if you really want to improve you want to either listen at least for the gist. And if you want to improve, improve, you want to listen to study. So you want to go through that routine I've just described. Now, that's all my teacher talk done with. Let's talk about shopping. Let's talk about where you can find good listening materials. So during the selection of materials, a few checklist questions for you are, is the level right for you? You want something that you understand, but is slightly challenging. Is the language register right for you? So is this formal language, scripted, spontaneous, etc.? So is it what you actually want to get better at? Is the topic interesting? This is critical. I promise you this is critical. If you're not interested, you're, you're not going to care. Is it affordable and accessible? 
to you. So if you are planning to listen to your local bird watching convention who is that happens to be six Portuguese people talking to Portuguese to each other, but you have to drive two hours to get there, might not be enough. You know, so is it affordable and accessible for you? And then finally, what level are you training or what you're aiming for? What do you need to understand? What do you want to understand? Because remember, you're in charge of your language learning experience. This is really all about you and your hearing comprehension is necessary to be trained if you want to become a confident speaker. Listening and hearing is so underestimated when it comes to conversations. However, it still is your determination of what it is that you want to do. So here are some products that will help you with listening. The first four, five even, don't have listening as their focus, but I think they are still excellent, excellent training grounds. Number one, Speechling. That's right. Our show sponsors Speechling, I think, have a really good product that gives you a lot of understandable input and you can hide the transcript so that you don't know what people are saying un until you switch it on. So Speechling has this for free available to you right now, speechling.com. You can also go to Glossica and Glossica have got a very similar system set up. No live tutor feedback, but you don't need that if you're practicing your listening skills, right? So Glossica has a wider range of languages, languages available at this stage. And you'll find the links in the show notes as well. If you happen to be a Welsh learner or Cornish or uh, Celtic languages, I think Manx and Scottish might also be available. And then weirdly Spanish. I would certainly recommend Say Something In or Say Something In Welsh if you're practicing Welsh because there are listening exercises included in this course and they are based on the speaking exercises and sped up already. All right, so, so Say Something In Welsh, don't let you get away with anything except something that's fast and that's really, really cool. And finally, Link which you have heard about in the reading episode and recently we've talked about it. It's been a bit of a buzz about Link. Link is more of a reading-focused program, but they do have a lot of podcasts with available transcripts and you can exactly do that. So you can download the text, listen, slow it down if you like, and then you can highlight the words and look for a translation of the words that you didn't understand. The cool thing about Link is it saves those words for training for you. So these types of programs, Speechling, Glossica, Say Something in Welsh and Link are really speaking or listening or reading programs. But as I told you before about the four core skills, you train one, you train them all because in language, those four core skills are really connected. Teach yourself books also come with a lot of audio that you can listen to. And personally, I quite like the Asimil series, which leads with dialogues. And that's great. Now, if you are an intermediate to advanced learner and you are interested in understanding more native content and listening to really relevant dialogues, then I would definitely recommend you check out Conversations. Conversations is a project or a, a product published by I Will Teach You a Language. So that's um, 
friend of the show, Ollie Richards. And that is a really interesting, great product where you get dialogues that are about five minutes long and they are recorded by professional voice actors. They are a great level for challenging you, but they're not so long that your head's going to explode and they come with all of the instructions and transcripts that you need. So that's lots there. And finally, one final point, you can also use the website Rhinospike, Rhinospike, which is a website where you can submit any text and a native speaker will record it and you don't have to pay for it. It's, you know, it's a it's an exchange website. So Rhinospike is also worth checking out because there is a lot of audio with transcripts in there. Now, to sum all of this up, remember that you want to determine, am I listening for study, am I listening to get the gist, or am I just listening for a pleasure, immersion, hearing the language around me experience? All three of those are valid, and I would say all three of those are needed at various points in your language learning journey. And secondly, think about when you are choosing your materials, about the level, the register, the topic, and the affordability or accessibility of what you're looking at. Now, let me leave you with a final note. You cannot survive, obviously, on audio alone. You really want to be training four core skills together. And I hope what I have demonstrated to you is that if, for example, you practice your writing, your listening and your hearing will follow. And what's going to follow is a fluent conversation. I'm rooting for you, Elizabeth. I hope this helped you with your question. And I hope this was interesting for you guys. I've had a lot of really, really great feedback. So please keep it coming. You can find me on Twitter at The Fluent Show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Send me more questions to be answered on the show and Twitter or by email, Kirsten at fluentlanguage.co.uk. And as always, you're going to find all the links of the various different resources that I mentioned in the show notes at fluent.show slash 78. See you next week, guys.